0: This is Refigure with Chris and Reefa.
1: A weekly dive into our favourite bits
0: of culture, tech, and diversity. Hello. Hello and welcome to ReFigure. I'm Christopher
1: and I'm Reefer
0: and we're here with another deep dive into our week in the arts and culture and other shit like that.
1: I don't know if it is, it's more like a quick skim isn't it? Not a deep dive. Squick squick, squim.
0: A squick squig.
1: Of what we've been up to this week. How are you? I'm all right.
0: You sound a little fragile this week.
1: I'm seizing up, but more about that later. <laughs> seizing up under the strain, basically, you know that we all have, we sit down too much. People need to move around a bit more, including me. Do a bit of stretching.
0: When we were in Scotland, we did 15,000 steps average for each day we were there. And in fact, the day before as well, when we went to London.
1: Most people do that anyway, but when you work from home, it is particularly difficult to get your ass and get and get out the house and do some walking so I think that's that's good for us yeah but most people are It'd running up and down that. stairs all the time yeah and cycling and whatnot
0: I went for a walk earlier today up a big hill near where we live thought oh I've done really loads of exercise and I'm knackered and I'd only done 4,000 steps at the end of it
1: this is a good start TT <laughs> good start post bag legendary tour manager Andy Washington, Andy Wash on uh, the Twitters, he sent us a really lovely message similar to Mark Ollington where he said wasn't really sure about the stuff that we were talking about but he just enjoyed (laughs) the podcast anyway. That's all we can hope for. We could just make up stuff can't we?
0: (laughs) Just invent some culture. Yeah
1: and although some people are actually watching things and listening to stuff on our recommendation which is all good.
0: Andy's a proper guru in the uh, American and alt-country world so maybe what we should try and do is uh, invent that we went to see a country band and see if it gets past him.
1: I'm not sure about calling people gurus you know.
0: Oh he is though. <laughs> I, I agree with you in most cases right that guru is too much of a word for people but Andy Washington is one. He's a guru.
1: All right, a gnu.
0: A gnu. Who else my lovely old friend John Clayton got... Is he
1: old? He's quite old. He's not that old.
0: Um, He was playing a gig in London that I went to the other night and he said that he's listening to us backwards and we're getting gradually worse and he really liked it but we're getting worse as it goes along but he's listening backwards in time.
1: He runs a one-cut studio in Brixton so I think it's the quality of the recording that he's uh, passing judgment on.
0: Not the quality of our conversation. (laughs) I don't Surely know. Surely not. Surely not. But also, isn't that Thanks an optimistic
1: for listening, John.
0: Isn't that an optimistic thing that if we're getting gradually worse, if you I listen backwards, know. that means we're getting gradually better? I
1: don't know. Okay. That's we it. We kind
0: of need to roll postbag on a bit because what tends to happen is it's people we know saying nice things about us and it's all a little bit Steve Wright in the afternoon. So what we need to do is we need to beg you to get in touch If you have a question or you have your own opinion about something that we've talked about. But
1: we did, and this follows nicely. A couple of people contacted us in order for us to specifically watch Doctor Bloody Who.
0: It is the most requested thing we've had. The first episode of the new series of Doctor Who starring Jodie Whittaker. And we're not big Doctor Who people, are we really?
1: I love Doctor Who.
0: So... (laughs) I don't
1: (laughs) I don't. I stopped watching Doctor Who uh when it was uh, Tom Baker.
0: Yeah, we're not we haven't been <laughs> avidly following the reboot of Doctor Who. Not not in any insulting way. I'm sure it's amazing, but we just haven't and we tried to watch a few Matt Smith ones.
1: Is it still on the BBC on Saturday nights?
0: Yeah, it's BBC family See, viewing. If they
1: could have Doctor Who running for all these years, whatever happened to Top of the Pops, that's what I wanna know.
0: Oh well, that's a whole nother kettle. We and did what watch what
1: do you think of it?
0: I really wanted to like it. I really liked Jodie Whittaker's performance as a sort of confused emerging new Doctor. It did remind me of every time that they have a new one they're a bit confused for a bit, that's fine. Basically I liked some of the performances, I thought the story was absolute bollocks and I really didn't like the script and I felt like there was a lot of effort being put into something that was badly written and that's not a comment on the acting although some of the acting felt a bit clunky but that was what they were having to deal with with the actual lines of dialogue and maybe that's just because I don't watch like Saturday Night Kids TV or whatever but I really was on its side and I felt like oh brilliant it's not a bunch of white blokes like all the representation stuff they kick in with really early so the first face you see is a young black man and he's going to be one of the main characters and there's been tons of conversation about Jodie Whittaker being the new Doctor as if it matters who the fuck the Doctor is there's sort of all this stuff all this signalling that it's progressive and it's um, inclusive and all that which is fantastic I just wish that so the writers uh, Chris Chibnall who I I mean I don't know what's he uh, what's he's probably
1: what's he done then
0: what the fuck's he done <laughs> that warrants him writing Doctor Who like get a good writer get someone that can write the script is really bad tin pot sci-fi it's like a space opera it's not it's also really small like it all takes place in two or three locations there's a big scary thing that instantly kills a few other people but when faced with the doctor and her new companions just sort of freezes and talks scarily when everyone else it's just like killed them and you just think why doesn't it just why does it wait around to have a conversation Um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah um Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Doctor Who is like that. And I don't think you should expect more of it than that. But I know what you mean. When there's diversity of... The cast is amazing. It it makes me well up. I think, this is fantastic. Look at all this crew of crazy people in a van going across Sheffield. Um, Which, of course, probably more controversy that she is from the North as well on the internet, I saw. Oh, right. Um, Yeah, she had an accent.
0: But everyone's got a fucking accent
1: okay. <laughs> anyway. anyway and her like making stuff and she mentions pockets and fair play and all of this stuff it makes me excited and well up I think this is great it's great because <laughs> it's not for us and you primed me before we started watching it and you didn't take your own advice and you said it's Saturday night's kids TV reefer so then I'm watching it like it's chocky.
0: Oh okay, okay. <laughs> yes. I, and I'm try. So, I mean, I really tried. I really or tried. Or a wrinkling so time. So you, you liked it a lot more than I did. Tell me what you liked about it.
1: I liked it. It's what I expect from from Doctor Who. There's a alien in it. There's a bit of confusion. There's a resolution. There's a little bit of death, but we don't see anything. A little bit of heartstring stuff later on. And there's a little bit. Well, there's quite a lot of death actually. There's about three people died in it. Yeah. They didn't get anyway. I liked her as a character, I thought it was great. I thought that uh, they've put a lot of thought into that and sometimes BBC dramas can be a bit on the nose and it is disappointing when you have something that has a diverse cast when the script isn't very good. I thought the script was fine. It's not like uh, we've been trying to watch the second series of The Good Place and the diversity in that is similar and they don't bang on about it at all. However... The script It's just all over the place and I desperately want to love it because I really like Jameela Jamil in that.
0: You're going to get emails for criticising The Good Place. Everyone's really loving The Good Brooklyn Place.
1: Brooklyn Nine-Nine, however, <laughs> has got a great funny script and it's a very diverse cast and it doesn't have to be... It has to be even more brilliant, that's what I think. It has to be brilliant to...
0: There's a thing where uh, something stops a train. A thing happens and a train stops. And lots of the passengers get off the train and run away. And a few people are stuck on the train and they turn into our kind of characters that we get to know. But there's also a thing going on where a police officer is seeing weird things and isn't calling it in and isn't getting any backup because she's been told, well, look, it's so weird, no-one's going to believe you. But a flipping train stopped and all the passengers ran away. So that is a major incident, even if nothing happened to the train. Chris,
1: have you never watched... Anything before where it didn't make sense.
0: I get that things cannot it's make sense. Fiction. But it wouldn't have been that difficult that at some point during the incident with the train, other people knew about it, went to deal with it, and these people still but came you're not away thinking, separately. Like, you can it's make not for the same. You. You can make the same, I know it's not for me, but this isn't an excuse. You can make the same show and you can have an alien do something to a train and a specific group of people kind of get involved in that, but you still have a major incident going on in that city that evening about a train stopped in the middle of nowhere. That's happened, and yet that's not remotely addressed. There's that's no true. other police officers. And then similarly, there's a denouement sort of a confrontation that happens on a kind of junkyard or something with big cranes. I won't go into any more specifics than that where no one else sees anything weird, does anything weird. It's just, <laughs> yeah. It just happens. It's not that I'm annoyed that they're not realistic, okay? I totally would go with that. I'm annoyed that you could find a route through the same bit of plotting that would make loads more sense than this kind of bullshitty, oh, we've only got eight characters in the whole thing, and we're not going to see any other humans. And contrasting that, we really loved Killing Eve. And one of the great things about Killing Eve is that the world is populated, it's full, it's busy, it's going on in parallel with the adventure. I'd be quite happy to suspend my disbelief about a Time Lord who's going to, make a sonic screwdriver out of spoons i'm completely happy with that i just want the world to exist sorry there's a minor character he knows that the alien thing is there so he goes and gets it in a van and takes it back to his workshop and he's like some obsessive about it and he's got a mate who's carried it with him so he's got a mate who's helped him bring this frozen weirdo alien artifact back into his workshop and then he, his mate is going oh I'm worried about you this is weird and he says go and buy yourself a pint and here's a tenner and sends him up. and he literally just fucks off like.
1: and we never see him again and we
0: never see him again <laughs> you, you just would you just nobody in it talks like people talk and that's a real problem for even great actors funnily enough I think probably the best moment of performance in it and I never thought I'd say this in a million years is Bradley Walsh um, doing the eulogy crying because it sounds like what you would say at a eulogy it's like that's realistic because he's not having to have a normal conversation he's standing in front of a group why do I, I care why I, do I care I don't
1: know I thought the fact that the exposition happened in a fairly subtle way <laughs> um people was remember it's for 12 year olds you're you're it's totally right us.
0: and I am being too harsh you're totally right you know you're totally
1: right. Um, and there are many things that could have been improved but I was pleasantly surprised, although whenever I do stumble across Doctor Who, I always think, do they do it deliberately? The paper mache things. <laughs> the alien costume was just ridiculous. And there's a bit in it which is totally bonkers where a supposed drunk and he doesn't look drunk at all, he's like really bad acting, throws salad at a an alien and the alien's like it does look like a bad Halloween costume. And I don't know w- whether that's deliberate or not, but anyway.
0: Will you keep watching?
1: I very much doubt it, because my head's so full of other TV I'm
0: supposed to be watching. But Briefly you, size. But you definitely enjoyed it.
1: I enjoy it because I just like seeing diversity on my screen. I almost just love everything that's got anything with anybody doing anything ordinary. If they're not white, they're not another, just a, another white guy doing some interesting stuff at least this woman at least this woman was making stuff out of junk and running around in dms and having a fun time although they did put a pretty woman bit in it where she has to go into a charity shop and do some changing her clothes but it wasn't too excruciating i just enjoyed that part of it i just like a good panto you know like, it makes my heart sing when I see diversity. I just find it really... And I know that sounds really cheesy. And there's a bit of me that's like, oh, what do the Daily Mail readers think about it? And they'll <laughs> think, oh, there's too much diversity in it. And that's what makes me a heart sing. It's just like, what's what makes me well up, nearly. I'm just excited because I know all the... Not just the young girls, all the mums with their kids, everybody watching it is seeing a different woman doing different things, and she hasn't doesn't have to wear a bodycon outfit she hasn't contoured her face and she's just herself doing her job and i also like that she was like well i think this is what the doctor's like i think she was doing it a bit neil tennant i quite like neil tennant as a doctor
0: neil tennant's the singer in the (laughs) pet (laughs) shop
1: what's his name then pointy face bloke
0: david tennant
1: david tennant david (laughs) did a really good hamlet um on the television he did all right that's what doctor who is isn't it anyway i'll never be a big fan but i enjoyed it good effort bbc good effort (laughs) so every year for brighton digital festival the old market in hove which we also call tom tom They run something called the Virtual Reality Lab, the VR Lab. And there's lots of different kiosks and lots of different... It's like a fair, really, that you can queue up and have a go on different VR showcases. A lot of them are games. The thing that I really enjoyed was Iona Scott's Plankton World, which I've seen before. And it's a 3D experience where you watch some plankton coming out of a screen at you. I find it strangely relaxing. She's also got a new piece as well, which is made me feel like I was underwater and it's like scuba diving without having to get wet. So you just put on this uh, headset and you experience being underwater and the soundtrack's really nice and it's just really relaxing. So again, not all VR has to be bells and whistles and in your face and even interactive, you can just experience it passively.
0: My favourite I think was actually one you recommended and you did love it too uh, Fantasynth by Hello Enjoy, a kind of five-minute rave video of some really kind of um, trancey beats and a gorgeous abstract lit kind of world that you float through all full of bright lights and colours and things. It's quite futuristic and ordered it's not like psychedelic in the old school 60s sense but it was just a really beautiful floaty hypnotic proper psych wig out and you like that one as well didn't i you? thought it
1: was beautiful i love i'm still overwhelmed by the whole like perspective so i really feel as i'm sitting in the chair i really feel as if i'm being carried forward on a journey it's not like the thing's happening at me it's really is as if the chair is moving forward and i'm moving with it and then suddenly the floor drops away like a cliff or a waterfall. And I really feel that and the perspective is huge. It's like it's like longer than a horizon. You can't see the end of it. And they're sort of like psychedelic mountains and fire going off and it's all fitting in with the beat. Yeah, I thought it was really fun. I really liked it. watched the illusionist the animated movie from 2010 not to be confused with the ed norton movie from 2007 what did you think about that chris
0: well why don't you tell me what you thought about it first
1: i saw some clips of it at the national museum of scotland last week and it's a french movie french animated film set in edinburgh or some of it's set in edinburgh and they set it in edinburgh specifically because of the light and the nuances of the skyline and the beautiful architecture and it's a really simple story it's very linear it's about a magician in the 1950s in paris whose time is kind of waning because rock and roll has happened and people don't want to book him anymore and it was really cute because he goes to the scottish highlands he gets a gig there and a young girl who works in the hotel sort of falls for him and thinks that the magic is real I really like it people keep telling me I keep recommending things that are slow <laughs> and I think that's because things that have to have 25 different storylines and be and be in your face and have spaceships and Tardises and craziness continually sometimes you want to watch something that's just a nice linear story with a nice conclusion at the end and most of it is silent and it's very french it has that french sense of humor there are rabbits coming out of hats but it's also a little bit bittersweet because the girl's so naive that she thinks that he's cu- doing these gifts for her out of thin air um, probably if you're a bit more cynical you'd think there was something a bit strange about this relationship between a young girl and we don't really sure how old she is but i'd say in her 20s but she comes across like a little teenager and the older man and what his role is with like carrying on with this girl but um yeah I thought it was beautifully drawn I mean literally any animated film that is hand-drawn I'm always really impressed by and it's just a beautiful little film.
0: I must be in the wrong mood I thought it was stunning to look at and the animation of Edinburgh itself was really gorgeous (laughs) I found it incredibly sad. It's a Jacques Tati film. The magician character is like an animated iteration or avatar for Tati himself. Okay, so that's cool. Especially because we'd just been to Edinburgh. But it was so sad. I wasn't up for sadness. In an odd way, I feel like you've told the story just in a few sentences better than they did.
1: (laughs) Grace. That's what art does, isn't it? And that means it's good. It emoted something from you,
0: but this felt more like I don't want to feel this sad. This is just sad.
1: It's just a cartoon, mate.
0: Yeah, and you can find it on YouTube for nothing. So, what's it called?
1: The Illusionist.
0: Search for the Illusionist. Animated movie or animated film, and it will come up on YouTube. What are you reading for? What are you reading for? <laughs> <laughs> what, are <you> <laughs> what are you reading for? What are you, what are you reading,
1: reading for? You're gonna have too much laughing, you know.
0: What have you been reading this week, Refar?
1: Board Panda, which is a bit like Buzzfeed, likes to collate a bunch of tweets that they think are interesting threads, and then put them on a page with loads of ads. And I quite enjoy that, especially this one, which was "20 plus things middle-aged women wish they'd know when they were 20." I found it strangely uplifting. There was another piece not long ago giving examples of the times that men were well behaved, as in looked after women when they were drunk instead of doing things to them. So that was a whole massive long thread. And many of those tweets sort of ended with, and then because this bloke was so nice to me, I married him. And it's like, but it was a good, no, it was a good thing. It was a good thing. It was basically, that's what at the forefront of their mind, like sometimes we just need to be reminded that there are good people out there anyway it's not normal to be bad to women anyway this other one that i read was 20 things that middle-aged women wish they'd known when they were 20 and the first one starts like if you're a 40 plus woman what one piece of advice would you give to your 20 something self and they're all really lovely things like things get better with age i feel like my most productive and creative right now and i've got no more f's to give ageing is everything. Others are a bit more um, downbeat and say things like, leave after the first lie. (laughs) Save more, travel more, say no more, say what you feel at the time that you feel it more. And you don't have to give up any of yourself for the right person. Anyway, I really enjoyed it. I might post it on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash refigurepod. Nice. I did read something else as well two things i read (laughs) i acquired november's issue of harper's bazaar harper's bazaar art special and it's brilliant it's absolutely brilliant i don't know why you're poo-pooing it i'm
0: not poo-pooing it
1: (laughs) it's not something i would go out and buy but someone gave it to me and this week is a special of women in art and so there are loads of really good articles in it the head of the tape, for example talking about what piece of what artist she's really inspired by at the moment but the best piece that i read was about uh, barbara kruger's art which let me just read this bit to you so then you know what i'm talking about right if you don't already know kruger's name you will almost certainly know her work rendered in white futura or helvetica type on a pillar box red background and overlaid on black and white photographs her eye-catching aphorisms have permeated the public realm and seeped into popular culture, often spawning bad imitations in the process. It's just brilliant, and I would just say that it made me want to go and see Barbara Kruger's work at the South London Gallery, which is on until the 18th of November, as part of its Knock Knock Humour in Contemporary Art exhibition.
0: That does sound very good. Maybe we should go to that exhibition and report back.
1: This magazine is very establishment, obviously. Yes. Bizarre magazine however it is filled with diversity the whole thing is about women for a start and it's also got chimamanda in there it's got sama hayek in there and it talks about really powerful women but also emerging artists so art is for everyone chris
0: it is <laughs> i agree i'm
1: heartened by that excellent what have you been reading chris
0: I mentioned this last week, but I'm now reading... Peregrine uh,
1: Falcon book.
0: Yeah, The Peregrine by J.A. Baker. It was originally published in 1967, 1968, something like that. And it's uh, one of the pioneering books that inspired the whole new genre of new nature writing. And it's become a sort of really important text. I'm finding it absolutely beautiful. It's wintry, vivid descriptions and he spends a huge amount of time documenting what they do, what they kill, like he literally goes out and finds Peregrine Falcon kills and counts up what they've killed so that he knows what they're eating. It's quite a purist thing, it just feels like it's very vivid and very descriptive but there are no stupid flourishes. He doesn't dick around with false poetry, he just captures his experience, takes the form of a loose diary but with asides that are scientific bits. Yeah, it's a magnificent book. Anyway, so it's called The Peregrine, republished last year by Collins with an afterword by Robert McFarlane and I was given it by Charlie Peverett and Jen Watley and I I love it. It may be the best thing I've read this year. I'm not sure but it may be. Yeah, it's it's really it's really magic. That's my book.
1: Sounds lovely. (laughs) i just i'm just gonna read it i think i well i didn't grow up in the countryside so i find it very difficult sometimes what? to read the books like that but it's not it's not to say that i can't use my imagination chris um can i just give a quick shout out if you yeah of course finish talking about oh, we're, we're
0: mainly done aren't we <laughs>
1: <laughs> by chance I uh, was walking down the street and my I saw my friend Bunty Lu Ping who is an amazing experimental artist in Brighton and I just stopped her to tell her that I'd seen another piece at the VR lab and it had her sat her, her music in it which I thought was really cute and interesting. Anyway, she said she runs the Rose Hill with her partner and invited me in. And I watched some experimental music, which was great. But mostly what I was interested in was the actual venue and how the community have rallied around to save this venue, this pub from developers. And now it's a a kind of ad hoc venue for different gigs. But yeah, I just thought it was really interesting and I love venue on my doorstep. So I just wanted to say, that's another art thing that I did this week music thing
0: very good now do you need to plug
1: yes i need to plug my final refigure event of the year so refigure coincidentally is the name of my limited company which runs meditation and coaching one-to-one with people and also i go into businesses and universities and do some coaching and self-reflection work so i offered this out to people small groups individuals that could come along for an evening to get a taste of what I do. I've run one per quarter this year as a kind of experiment to see how people responded to it and the feedback's been really nice. It's been a different kind of crowd, lots of women that have never done this sort of work before. It's open to everyone but it's mostly women because of my my collections and mailing list and so this last one will be a kind of consolidation of all those different tools that I've offered to people and yeah, it's happening on the twenty-first of November at six o'clock at the Lighthouse in Brighton.
0: In. And where can people find tickets for it?
1: So if you go on Eventbrite, you can buy tickets at refigure-reflect-2018.eventbrite.co.uk. But if you do a search for refigure on Eventbrite, you'll get you'll see the details for it, and it's on the twenty-first of November from six o'clock. All welcome
0: i think we're done thank you very much for listening and we'll talk to you next week
1: goodbye if you're enjoying this series please subscribe leave us a review and tell your friends about refigure find us on instagram at refigure uk and on facebook refigure pod
0: nice